rpgmp3.com and the Gate Campers present a rise and fall adventure set in the world of Tropis. Make a regular donation of just $5 a month to get higher quality audio recordings released ahead of time. That's right, feed the zombies, monkeys and mutant pirates and you too could get higher quality audio. Listen to my voice. Listen to the songs spilled from my lips. Listen to the sagas told by old of the comings of the armored knights and the blood and the snows. Listen for a tale whose tune to be told. A tale as old as the skies, as old as the mother dragons, and as wise as the beasts of the woods. Listen. For the name of that tale is Betrayal, and it is the iron coin in the purse of those who desire above all things power. Listen, for it is a tale like a gem with many faces, many views, many forms. And the tale is now to begin. Like a golden orb, the rays of sunlight slide upwards in the east. They were illuminating rays sparkling off the ocean, catching the water and dazzling forth such light. It is as if for that few moments of dawn, the ocean of Pentacan, cold though it may well be, is made out of stars. The breeze that brings you from your sleep, it is cold, yes. It stings at your nose and turns shiver to your bones. But there is something wholesome about it. It is not a malignant air. It is fresh, clear. The birds in the trees sing forth their foreign songs. You could be in any place, any place in all of Keg, and nothing would be like this moment now. The wind rustles in the trees behind you, like so many hands just moving gently in the wind. 
Your lean-to provided some cover for the night, and your fire provided the rest. Your bones ache, and as I say, you shiver into awakening, but... After the boat, after your long sail, the silence, the lack of any other human being in sight, it is a welcome change. Take it away, Alex. Uh, Roland uh, stirs a moment before opening his eyes and waking. Um, he looks to the fireplace, which probably is just coals and ash. Well, someone was on watch, right? Um, well, someone was, yes, but the it would be me. Fire- Oh, it was excellent, yeah. Sorry, sorry, you'll be be currently awake. Sorry, I beg your pardon. Who would? Mr. Pimpony? Yes. Yes, your character is awake, right? Yeah. Excellent. Uh, Roland sits up and turns to, to Jacques. (sighs) <sighs> How'd you sleep? <clears throat> Jacques, uh, folks are sticking the uh, fire, stirring up the coals. Like a baby. <laughs> like a baby. So nice to be back in my home. And off that damn ship. <laughs> yeah, I can't argue with that. Are the others still sleeping? And he looks around, trying to spot um, where... Uh, God, I missed the tokens. Cora, Emma, Cora. Carolyn. Yeah, your tokens. Cora is. Unfortunately, guys, um, I'm still... Basically, Alex has found me a really, really good script set for map tools. But it takes a hell of a lot of what background work. Um, from me to basically get it set up and as you guys may have noticed my life has been very 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 hectic recently all good things like actually going out and having a social life and real life all scary real life people and stuff like that <laughs> but it's meant that I'm kind of having to really chuck in a few hours here and there where I can um, I've just finished more or less got a couple of little bits left on the weapons once the weapons done the armor and stuff like that I can start moving through the other bits but it could still be maybe a, a week or so until we're actually able to use map tools properly again. On the bright side, I don't actually have any combat encounters planned for those couple of sessions. So, just have to use your imagination. I know it might be a bit rusty, but I'm fairly certain we'll manage. Okay. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Anyway, he uh, uh, Roland turns and tries to spot where Cora is. Uh... She's under the blankets next to Emma and Carolyn. Yeah, but aren't they in the boat? Well, the boat's flipped upside down, but... Under the boat? On the side. Yeah, Give me a so second, Dad. Just put myself on mute. Aren't they? Yes. Aren't they? Recording now, Dad. Thanks for letting me know. Sorry about that, guys. My steak's been defrosting since I got back from um, Leeds. 
as I mentioned to you guys earlier, this is the first time I've actually been in my house since Thursday. So got home and my dad put the steak in the, fr in the freezer, which was great because it meant it didn't go off, but also meant I didn't have anything to eat when I got back, so I'm still waiting for it to defrost. Sorry for the interruption, please carry ahead. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, we were talking about Cora still sleeping with uh, no, Nana and it, Carolyn in the yeah, dog exactly. pile. Exactly. The puppy pile. Mm-hmm. Okay, Cora, you'll, you'll come to, you'll, you'll start to come to now as you open your eyes. Your, your first image will be obviously the star field. Thanks, Dad. The star field ocean just spread out before you. Occasionally here and there, jagged rocks will peek up beneath the waves. Quiet hints of danger, but it's just a tiny, tiny thing. A, a tiny imperfection against all of this before you. And the light just warms your face. Um, Cora's gonna sit up and stretch and then go look for Roland and Jack. Okay. Jack. As the first sunlight's rays came up, you found yourself on watch. Be careful with mute buttons, please. You found yourself on watch. And you felt the need to do something useful with your time. So you sat studying the map that you found in the captain's quarters. You've been looking about yourself, trying to get your bearings. You recognise clearly the coastline. It's it's certainly not Glacendia, but certainly Pentagon. You've been trying to figure out where it is. Uh, can you give me a survival check, please? I'm going to give you a plus one modifier because you spent quite a bit of time with this. I understand you guys tried to try to figure it out last episode as well, but unfortunately I forgot to leave. I forgot to include that in my notes for Alex. So yeah, I'll give you a plus one. Okay. So, survival? Mm-hmm, please. I have a woodsman thing to that, too. Do I add that? Um, what is the woodsman bonus, please? Uh, it's plus two. I'm going to say <clears throat> no, because it's not really... No, I'm afraid not, Muddy. Okay. I'd say the woodsman thing would come in more case if you're doing, like, I don't know, hunting and such like that. Alrighty. The edge is... <clears throat> Plus two to stealth survival and something else. Um, yeah. So. So it'll be, what, what is your survival, please? My survival is a D8. So if you put square bracket D8 E plus one close bracket. Now what this E will do is if you roll a maximum number on your 8, D8, it will automatically roll another D8. And keep going. Okay. So square bracket, D8, E, plus 1, close square bracket. So, wait, it's D8 plus E or just D8, E? It's square bracket, D8, E, plus 1, close square bracket. Okay. Alrighty. Do I get a plus one on the uh, wild eye? Hello? 
Um, I don't know. Alex, do you know what the rules are on that one? Does he get the modifier on the on the um, wild die as well? No, no, it doesn't apply to. Okay, so to... wild die is always a static d6, yeah. Um, but I hold thought on. The, penalty, do the penalty applies. Penalties apply. Bonuses oh. do not. All right, thank you, Alex. Or actually, I need to check that. Well, if we go with that for this episode to save us postponing, and we can always find it out afterwards. Mm-hmm. True. I got an eight total. Okay, thank you very much. The, uh, well. Okay, I'm going to give you a bit of information. Okay. Looking over these maps and utilizing your knowledge of the areas around Glacendia, you find yourself. Well, you come to the conclusion that you're on a strip of coast known as Dreki Kopter. Sorry, Dreki Jopter. Okay. Dragon's Teeth. Now, Dreki Jopter is a section of coastland deemed far too unsafe to beach due to the rocks. You folks have got very, very fortunate in moving your little um, rowboat through them and not finding any hidden rocks there just beneath the surface of the ocean. In addition, because you've got quite a high roll, I'm going to give you a bit more information. <coughs> Very close to a couple of uh, Glacindian villages. I'll just copy the information straight from my... Uh, I think he was actually told this last session when he made yeah, an exceptionally good roll when he was checking uh, Yeah, I had knowledge. a nine last time around. Oh, sorry. If, I'm sorry. When you guys were filling me in what happened, you told me that you were I trying to figure a... something out. You didn't actually tell me you'd got any information. No, um, I, I, I I checked the wave for okay. appropriate so what, information. What has actually been given out? Um, what you just said, uh, the villages and the fact that they, they're at the impassable strip of um, coast. Mm-hmm. Well, what and that carry- there was Halafala, or whatever the heck it's called, mm-hmm. and uh, we already decided on going to Stein, the uh, watch for it at Steinsgate in the morning. Steingate. Mm-hmm. Steingate, yeah. Okay. All right, okay. So I'm just going to give this information again, because it means I, I know exactly where you guys are, and it, it, if you get the information twice, it's not really going to hurt, but it might, I might end up giving you a bit of information that Alex missed, or vice versa. Yeah. It gives you I was just informing you. No, 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 thank you, please. Carry on doing such like that. Okay, but you also find out that you're in... So basically, if what I, give, what I don't give you, and if, Ali, if I don't give you something and Alex has, you still have it. Mm-hmm. If I give you something that Alex didn't, you still have it. Okay. But yeah, as I was saying, you also find out that you're, at, you're near a couple of Glacendian settlements. The villages of Rodobleka, Vita Fala, and the Watchfort of Steingater. You also notice that on a strip of more rocky land near cliff edges, you find a set an air, a mining excavation mining um, owned by by a group known as Vitari Excavations. Okay, and they are at an area land marked on the map as as feed ve, uh, sorry Vegula Rod. Yeah, rod. Okay, can you please give me? I'm going to give you. I'm going to ask for a couple of rolls here, so you see if you can get a bit more information about these settlements. Okay, so is there anything, any of them that in particular you're you're particularly interested in? 
the watch for it. Okay, so Steingater. Can you please give me a knowledge Glacendia or knowledge Penticani? So I do believe you have a plus two modifier to that, don't you? Um, I have a instant D6. An instant For D6. knowledge Pentacan. Oh, yeah. That, but do, do you not have a focus Pentacan? You should have a focus. Um, I have knowledge Pentacan. Then you have a focus. So you have D6 in... Um, Pentacani, but you gain a plus two modifier, so that'd be square bracket D6, E, plus two, close square bracket. And this is to see if you can find it, see if you know anything about Steingater already. And this might sound stupid, but when I already know this because I was a soldier? And you might, you might not, it depends where, <clears throat> where you served. You might not have served around here. Alright. Four and four. Well, that's a, that's a pass. I'm not going to give you too much information. I'll give you a bit, though. I'm going to spend a Benny. I have six. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, knock a Benny out and uh, go ahead. Reroll. All right. Let me knock Now, a Benny Bennies out. are like special points the characters have and can accumulate to get them rerolls, uh, allow them to resist damage, get themselves back in the fight, and a couple other funky things. So he's using his Benny to reroll. Okay. Six free. Much better there, Mr. Matt, Mike. So let's see what we get for six. Hmm. Should we give him all the information, Alex, or should we hold a bit back, do you think? Uh, uh, which exactly do you intend to... Well, if you have a look at the wave, um, you've got the Steingator information. You mean the, the blip under? Yeah. Uh, I, th I say go ahead. Okay, okay, okay. So I'm going to read exactly what me and Alex have put, about, put up about Steingator, so you have the full load of information. Steingater was a stone watchful established during an early attempt at pacifying Penticani, sorry, Pentican by Maynet in 4865. While the attempt failed at great cost to Maynet, the fort remains. Repaired by Glacendia, it now serves as the first point of defence between Glacendian and Frandullian lands. Around Steingater, a small village has emerged, settlers and Penticani alike drawn to protection the fort offers. With the obvious threat posed by Frandol, the fort is well manned, although supplies are well unknown, so you know this from basically your dealings with uh, when you're in the military. You're, you know that uh, there's been a couple, there's a bit of a bit of talk around that supply, the supplies at Steingater may not last winter, and because there's, there's been such an influx of new mouths. Okay. Okay. I'm going to also ask, can you give me a knowledge check for Roderbreaker? one of the villages. All right, same thing. Mm -hmm. All right. Ooh, that's horrible. What did you get? I got a three and a one. Okay, that's an epic fail. That is a fail, <laughs> unfortunately, because you've because you've rolled a both you've rolled a one on both dice. So unfortunately, yeah. what Mike's done is he's failed. What this means is. I epically. Yeah, basically what this means is he's epically failed, therefore he cannot re-roll, he cannot use Benny's to re-roll this failure. He's stuck with this failure and something bad and nasty will happen. So I'm going to, I think, I think what we'll have, we'll, we'll rule on this one, okay, is that unfortunately when you guys are sailing across, the, 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 no, no, Mm, that wouldn't work because I don't know exactly what Alex has already told you about that. Um, uh, 
what have you told them already about Laura de Blaker, Alex? Um, the it's a village. Yeah, it's a village, and I, I don't think I told that much. Um, and that with uh, Roger Braca with Vitia uh, Fala. Is that right? Vitia Fala, yeah. Vitia Fala. Um, Alex was saying something along the lines of it was like the village at the at the watch fort. Okay. Neither and... neither of which are villages at the watch fort. The the Steingater just happens to have a, a small village around it. Vita Fala and Roger Blaker are separate entities. Okay. Okay. Um, and that I know that the watch fort is uh, like half a day's march or something. Like the day's march, I can get there by dusk. Right. Deal. Uh, that's not quite <clears throat> right. But what I'll do is I'll change these notes a bit, and we'll, we'll just say, "Yeah, fine. Why the fuck not?" That's right. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. So originally that wasn't how it was written, but fuck it. See what happens. You mean the the. Uh... The villages being close by each other, um, or being close to the fort. Uh, one of the uh, Vitafala is actually the closest. You can reach Vitafala by nightfall, and then from Vitafala you can move to any of the other locations of ease. Um, okay. I have I have something that could help you uh, justify that mm-hmm. in your head, Danny. Go ahead. Um, it would be easier for smaller communities to band together. So, I mean, it makes sense that they are fairly close to each mm-hmm. other. So, sorry. So, I passed this information by me again. How long to uh, Steingater? I don't think I actually specified. He didn't. It was like by nightfall we could okay. get there. Okay, that, that, that's fine. Like I can, I can logic this up. What I'll do then is I'm going to ignore that epic fail you did just now. And what I'm going to say is that, with your permission, of course, Mike, um, basically going to rule that you misread the map. So the distances you've got confused, and that's what your epic fail is going to be going to be the result of. Okay. Are, are you fine with that? Yeah. I'm- cool with that. Yeah, because that kind of solves all your I've never been good with maps either. Anyway. <laughs> there you are. It's basically you've, you've misread the distances, so it's a little bit farther away than you thought, and that's what your epic fail will be. Now, unfortunately, because this is something me and Alex are literally just starting to work with, we get loads of notes back and forth between the other, we pretty much know where we are, but every now and then we might miss something, but we're going to get better as we go along. It's just one of those things that's going to be completely new to us. I've never worked from another DM before, and I'm fairly certain Alex hasn't either, so it's going to be teething problems. But we'll work for it, it'll be cool. The, the benefits far away those problems we're going to have. So, yeah. Um, you don't know anything about the Lord of Blaker. Give me a roll for Vita Fala. All right. Okay. <laughs> Four and a three. Okay. I'm only going to give you a little bit of information about Vita Fala because you've only, only just passed. Um... Looking on the map, you, it's, it's fairly obvious that Vitafala is, is is smaller than the other settlements, so smaller than Steingate, Lodebreke, and uh, the Vatari mines. Okay. It's kind of like a dot, tiny dot, rather than a bigger dot. Okay, and... So I assume it's a kind of a hamlet kind of deal? Yeah, we'll go with that. A village? Okay. Now give me a uh, give me some give me a roll for for the, for the Vitari mines at uh, Vegalarod. Uh, 
Alrighty. Uh, same roll? Mm, please. What you can do is if you just press up where you'd enter your data, yeah, it, it would give you... Yeah, okay. I did. I was just asking if anything changed. Mm, of course, of course. So that's a 4-4. Four, four. Okay. I'm going to give you a bit more information about the mines, even though you've only just passed, simply because the, the mines are going to be something that, that someone of a military bent might actually know about, especially considering what they're mining up. Okay. You know that the Vitali mines lie amongst the Vegula Rod, the pockmarked stone cliff rich with iron ore. It's said, you've heard the, the, the natives talk, that when the wind is right, the natural caves covering the cliff whistle and whisper, giving Vegula Rod its name, the Wall of Voices. Woo! <laughs> okay, and that's the information you got. Again, I'm going to dance across to Cora because you've had a bit, you've had quite a bit of time in the in the limelight. So, Cora, hello, what are you doing? Hi. I was look, going to the two of them. Okay. So you walk over. Um, maybe you don't want to spend a bit of time with Carolyn and um, Emma, perhaps. Um. They should be okay for a while. I checked on them mm -hmm. before I went to sleep and gave them water and stuff. Yeah. Not, not, we determined that none of us know how to help them. <laughs> so we've been giving them water. Oh, and to, to be honest, you're probably doing a better job than the NHS. Right, so... <laughs> better job than who? The NHS. Uh, a national health service. Yeah. Uh, health health service. service. But yeah, it's national health care over here in England. It's notoriously bad. It was good once upon a time. It was good back in, like, never. But yeah, anyways. Bitterness it's free, at least. It is free. This is a good thing. It means I have more money to spend on other shiny things. <laughs> so, yeah, Cora comes across in the distance. Now, you guys are starting to get really, really... It's quite chilled. It's, it's fairly exposed here on this beach, and... The wind is... The wind's picking up. Now the sun's all rising. It's, it's getting a bit chilly. The clouds ahead are kind of they're trying to darken a little bit. Not like rain, because I've been told I'm not allowed to have it rain in Tropis anymore. But <laughs> um, <laughs> question. Perhaps a bit of snow could be coming along. Um, you kind of pick this out, uh, Jack, because you, you've been in here long enough. You, you know the, the obvious signs of snow coming. Not a heavy one, but it's going to get some snow soon. Yes, Cora? Um, in... The previous session, we got our bags of stuff. You have your so bags now, of stuff, yes. So now, Cora is wearing a fur-lined hooded cloak and mm -hmm. mittens and stuff. Is she cold through that? Okay, can you please give me an example? Uh, give me a full description of fur-lined hood mittens and what this and stuff part is, please. Um, like pants, like and a shirt. Okay. Are these pants and shirt fur-lined as well? There was not fur-lined pants and shirt on the list <laughs> of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, what I'll, do, what I'll do then is I'll go, I'll go over there, go and do at later date. Um, Alex, if you can take a note for me and just basically note that I need to get put some more warm clothing onto the equipment list for you guys. Sure. Uh, what I'll say Sign is, here, please. What I'll say for now is the fact is, yes, while you knew you were going to Pentican, you nothing would have prepared you for just how cold Pentican is. So you've prepared a little bit with your fur-lined hat and mittens, or whatever it is you've got. 
but you never thought to use anything else because that would have done you well anywhere else on cake. You'd be fine anywhere else on cake, even in one of the hard winds. You'd be fine. You just what do you want me to write down? Just basically, I need to put some more cold weather gear on the um, clothing list. Okay, you happy with that? Bree, is that cool by you? Um, well, is everybody else going to die from exposure if no, I'm cold? No, no, we're not having another hypothermia that? episode. I've also been told I'm not allowed to do that anymore. <laughs> Alright, then I'm oh, cold. Seeing that, I'm probably going to be the first one to freeze to death. Uh, okay, fine, fine. Well, what I'll say is that, I don't know, maybe one of the Pentecanny got a soft spot for you weak foreigners. He, the, you, guys have, you guys have warm clothing. Indeed. But just mark my words, my generosity will not last. <laughs> oh, you didn't need I'm to not... tell us that. <laughs> yeah, we kind of figured if that. If there's one thing we don't rely on, it's, it's abundant generosity. I just coming. wanted to know what the situation was. Hey, you, you, not I mean... asking you for shit. Well, you I got shit, so quiet, quiet wench. I <laughs> don't <gasps> oh, know, I went there. <clears throat> so anyway, moving on before Bree brutalizes me. I can, I can feel her, I can feel her glaring across the ocean from here in England. Actually, I, I'm not glaring. I'm looking at the puppy licking my toe. It's adorable. Oh, hello, puppy. Three, two, right, okay. one. So as I was saying, Alex, if you suck, oh, we're back on recording. Okay, where were we? <laughs> uh, Bree was about. No, uh, we were about to uh, keep role playing. I oh, think. Right. Yeah. So suddenly, bing, warm clothes appear upon your body as if by magic. But it wasn't magic; they were there all the time. So yeah, you can feel My the cold is... getting up, and you're just kind of biting at your cheeks a bit more, and your nose, or your collective nose, has gone a bit red now. I mean, Mike, you're Jack's. Jack's dealing with this a lot better than the others. Because of course he's no, he's used to it. But the rest of you, you're gonna to start to feel really, really cold now. Mm. Um, uh, Roland will just sort of pull his uh, fur-lined cloak around him as as best he can. Is it like Jon Snow's cloak? Uh, let's say yes. Cool. Because Jon Snow is cool. Yeah, he is. I has a question. Mm-hmm. He has a question. I have an answer probably. Does Corey still have a headache? Your headache's faded now with sleep. Okay. Okay, so yeah, your headache's, your headache's faded with sleep. It, it is probably nothing. I mean, all the stress and everything going along, it's kind of understandable, really. Okay. Okay. Cora... Sorry, please go ahead. Cora's going to mumble good morning to the two of them and go check her trap. Your trap during the night has not been triggered. I totally... It was like a hunting trap, not... Oh! Now I thought you were trying to catch Drekki for car and eat them. (laughs) No. Uh, Give me a survival check, please. Um, I rolled a nine when I made it. Um... Do you want me to roll again? No, no, I'll be nice and kind for once. Congratulations, you've caught a dreck of a car. You may now eat him. Um, no thank you. Dragon's tasty. Like ostrich. Sorry, it's too late, the gazebo wakes up and eats you. <laughs> no, not the gazebo. Okay, no, don't, anyways. Um, in your... 
Mm. <laughs> okay, we'll go with that. Your trap has been triggered, but it's mangled beyond recognition. It is, you can see a, a patch of blood here and there, but whatever your trap caught has gone. Can you give me a spot check, please? Give yourself a plus one mod uh, modifier, because it's quite visible. Notice? Mm, that's one, please. Uh, and I get the. So, what's your notice, please? I have, right? Mm -hmm. Yep, yep, it all stacks. So, what's your notice, please? Uh, D10. And what's your. What you get? I think it's like plus three in total, isn't it? Plus two from what that edge, and then plus one more, isn't it? Mm hmm. Okay, so that would be square bracket, D10E, plus three, close square bracket. And obviously, you get your D6 as well. Okay. Ooh, nearly a fumble there when you roll your two and a one. Okay, so you got the result of a five. It's not too bad. So I'll say you spot that. Just as you're about to turn round to inform the others, in your peripheral vision, you catch something. You notice something on one of the trees. Turning to look at it, you notice a four deep greaves torn to the bark of the tree. It's quite fresh, so it suddenly came occurred last night, but it's literally some a claw marks and slash straight for this tree. You look at it, and of course your first thought is Drake of a car, after all having happened on the boat, but but these claws they're they're too wild widely spread. They're more like the marks a human hand would make if it got paint upon it and then brushed it somewhere. Sort of in unison all four, the four fingers brushed. So it's too too far spread to be Dracula car claws, and or the Dracula car only have three claws, and this has four. So the gods only know what caused it. She'll call for Roland and Jacques, which I'm not doing because the dog will flip out. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Roland, get up some walks over. And Jacques follows. What's going on? She points at the tree. Charming. <laughs> Can I figure out what it might be? I'm going to say... No. Can I? I'm going to say... No. Can I... No. Flame bolt it? Yes. Yes, you can. <laughs> it's a killer tree. Kill it. I've had he Ronan's had bad experiences with trees <laughs> yeah. in the past. He, 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 now, he now kills kills first, asks questions later. <laughs> you know that that's not a big leap. That tree moved. <laughs> that one. <laughs> that one. <laughs> Roland, that's the wind. That's what I wanted you to think. <laughs> 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 Roland, that wasn't even a tree. That was a log cabin. Roland, that was me. <laughs> it was me again. <laughs> Still your boots. No, wait, that's not Roland. No, wait, yeah, sorry, sorry. I got you confused with moss then. That's a Russian. No, he said moss. <laughs> <laughs> 
Moss was more accurate. Yeah. If, Moss had, if Moss had magic, the party would not have survived this far. If Moss had magic, my god. It just... No. no. Anyway, let's no. just continue. Before Alex has a fit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Carry on, people. So yeah, you got this fork for this this four fingered claw mark in the tree. That does not look good. Someone doesn't like trees, Roland says. I'm gonna go watch um Carolyn and Emma now. Okay, Cora, can you give me a note never notice check please? This time only plus two, so it's square bracket D ten E plus two close square brackets. <laughs> Well, fuck me! How does that even work? Well, what a t- you got a raise. Yeah, holy fuck! You basically, you wow. <laughs> I notice everything Jeez, ever. Uh, okay, God do wave. you like to tell everybody what you rolled, you crazy son of a bitch? I got a sixteen. Okay, what that means is looking at this roll, you've you've rolled a t ten on a d ten, you've rolled a ten. Now, because of how savage worlds work, if you roll a maximum number on any die, you get to roll again. So you roll a d10, followed by a 4, and because your plus 2 modifier, comes a 16. So, hmm. Okay. We'll go with that then, shall we? Hmm. Well, hmm. Huh. I'm going to give you a bit of information. I just need a couple of seconds to think about what I'm going to give you. He's thinking about a good poke up the arse. Um, I don't want that. Thanks, though. Uh, it's not optional. What you notice, as you're returning back to the others, is that part of the the woodland leading away from the, the beach does look like it's in some travel. Not often, but here and there, you can, you can see thinner patches of sort of underbrush you, you, it's honestly you're, you're surprised you even noticed it how I'm surprised you noticed it <laughs> you, you're really surprised you noticed it but basically it looks like a hidden path leading deeper into the forest um. also you now know the exact number of the leaves in the entire forest <laughs> Oh my god, we've got Rain Woman with us. <laughs> there is exactly 100... <laughs> Danny? You got that right? Hmm? Danny, are there any casinos in Tropus? I'm afraid, yes. They're called Avonhold. Oh, okay. oh actually, uh, Pyronis, wouldn't that be yeah. the yeah. den? Pyronis would have casinos and gambling dens and shit like that. But anyway, Cora, back to Cora. What you also notice, now this is going to be one of the later encounters, but I'm going to move it forward now simply because you're such a fantastic fucking role you got there. You you look at this path and obviously carry on towards Cora and everything like that. Not Cora, Emma and, Emma and Carolyn. But then there's something, there's a... The only way I can describe it 
And you know that feeling that you get when you know you're being watched, when you can feel someone's eyes upon you. That sort of sixth sense. It's like if someone shouts across across the across the room, like, "Wait!" Actually, Danny, wait. Hmm. Let me just post something to you in Skype before you say anything more. <laughs> grumble, 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 grumble. Die in a house fire. I mean, hey. I love you, Alex. Thank you, Alex. That was important. Thank you. Yes, I noticed where you, that was going. You no longer need to die in a house fire. Okay. Um, well, actually, she she noticed and told the others. The others said, "Huh," and then it ran off. Okay, thank you. Anyways, it's you know you know yet that that way that if you're at the other side of the room, someone shouts out, "Oi, you!" or something equally undescriptive, how you still know you're the one being shouted at. Mm-hmm. You get that sort of feeling, it's like something. It's like something's calling you from behind or something's watching you from behind in the woodland near near where the upturned lean to boat thing is very descriptive I know um Cora will keep walking towards um Carolyn and Emma and she'll Call back over her shoulder. Um, I, I would appreciate it if um, one the of feeling's you would gone. come here. And just like that, the feeling's gone. She she still wants. Mm, of course, of course, but the feeling's them. gone. Ah, uh, Roland walks over. What's up? Um, I found a hidden path. She points to it. And I had a feeling like we were being watched. And then it went away when I called out. And, and um... It, it, if it's not too much trouble, would you mind staying here? Sure. Um, Roland looks to uh, where she, where she. Did she point where the path was? Mm-hmm. To where she pointed. You can't see it. It just looks like ordinary forest. I mean, sure, there may be a path there, but you just can't see it. Mm-hmm. He then looks around. Just to see if he sees anything obvious. Nope. Just the forest and a few birds carrying on as normal. Like, nothing's at all a problem. I mean, your first sign of danger is usually the birds go silent and then the goblins jump out and eat your face. So, this is the birds are quite happy here. Everything's, everything's actually really serene. Um, Roland? Yeah? C- can I t- tell you a thing? And... Maybe you could let me finish before you tell me I'm an idiot. Sure. Where is Jack at this point? This is going on, please. Um, I'm still at the, uh, uh, let's see, where that tree was with the, yep. uh, claw. Okay, I'm thank you very much. I'll at that. 
Okay, cool. Um, I, just, I, just want, I just need the general idea of where you are, where these guns are going on. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, guys. Sorry about that. Um, you remember how I said I saw a rat yesterday? Well, there was a pentacanny on the ship that we are on um, before we met you that told us about um, like a, a rat god or something and how if one of them um, saw you then like all of them would know and, and I, I I I don't know about that but he also told us about like um, people that turn into wolves and, and that turned out to be true so she trails off and looks at the ground and falls silent very nicely described thank you uh, Roland's brow creases somewhat with worry but uh, as she keeps rambling on and eventually falls silent he just puts a hand on her shoulder don't worry you've got two well you've got other things to worry about right now and, and whatever that was uh, it probably doesn't mean any harm Goblin jumps out and eats Roland's face And if it does mean harm, his hand leaves her shoulder and taps his sword hilt. Well, they're uh, probably going to bite off more than they can chew. So, so maybe if you guys could not go far away, I would like that. <laughs> I didn't intend to. Th 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 thanks. Jacques walks back to camp, scratching his head. I thought you were going to say scratching something else. Yeah, I was going to say scratching his arse. Well, came out very oh, man. Old, came out very Avonholdian there. <laughs> he is kind of turning into an Avonholdian, mm. accent-wise. Mm. Yeah, I'm somehow picking that up. I don't know why. Obviously, obviously you served in foreign lands for a bit. Maybe well, I went to... Uh, maybe part of a military I did exchange. go to Maynette. Mm. I did go to Maynette for a time, so I could have picked it up there. Yeah, yeah. In bars. <laughs> yep. Freedom, 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 hey! Freedom, 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 freedom. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I still want that as a holiday for Avonhold. It won't be a holiday, but I promise to include the drinking game when you guys get to a town. No, it needs to be a holiday. Okay, like, fine. Freedom Day can be a holiday in Avonhold. It's the day they uh, seceded and became their own nation. Yeah, yeah. to be honest, it is entirely suitable for them to have a day like that. So freedom we'll, Day. We include Freedom Day. I'll just call it something better later on. Actually, no, this is Avonhold. Freedom Day is suitable. Because you know we're free and stuff. And it's a day. So, it's Freedom Day. What? Uh, so there was a committee no. voting to uh, rename it Freeman Day, but then there was this guy named Garden. He didn't understand. He got confused, and we decided... We ran out of crowbars. Indeed. Anyways. Freeman Day. <laughs> Carry on. Right. <clears throat> Alrighty. Jacques approaches Cam, scratching his head. 
Ruddy hell, I can't figure out that uh what the heck that scratch my the scratches are. Well, it was either an animal or um he looks to um Cora briefly before meeting um Jacques' eyes. Cora's eyes meet Roland's and then dart away <clears throat> really fast and she tries to burrow into her cloak even more and uh I'm going to go give them water. And she scurries off. It's either an animal or something entirely worse. Uh, which is why we need to get to this fort as soon as possible. All right. All right. The Just to recap so my brain doesn't like mm. say something wrong. Um, the fort is uh, heavily uh, is heavily guarded, but resources might would be low. Like to, would you like me to give you the information about the fort again? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes, please. What I'm going to do is I'm actually going to copy-paste this into chat so you can copy-paste it away into your own private notes. Okay. <laughs> I will, will, of course, read it out again. God knows what Alex is doing, but we'll try not to look too much on that. Okay. Steingater was a stone watch fort established during an early attempt at pacifying Pentacan by Maynet in 4865. While the attempt failed at a great cost to Maynet, the fort remains. Repaired by Glacendia, it now serves the first point of defence between Glacendian and Frandullian lands. Excuse <sighs> Sorry. Around Steingater is a small village that has emerged. Settlers and Pentacania alike drawn to protection the fort offers. With the obvious threat froze by Frandal, the fort is well manned, although supplies may not last winter with such an influx of new mouths. Okay. So that means that there can be supply. They have supplies now, but they may not have it in the near future. Basically, they have to, they had the supplies they needed to last through winter. But with such an influx of new mouths, with the troubles that they see, there's a bit of a dispute going on between Frandol and Glacendia, as you you all well know, as you were briefed mm-hmm. on previously. So with these flux of what well, I suppose you could only call refugees, they're not refugees per se, but that sort of idea, these supplies that would normally last are starting to not be enough, and it could become a real problem mm-hmm. if basically more mouths keep arriving. All right. And in what I know of, can you just uh, repost what uh, I know of Hittafala? Vitefala? Uh, Vitefala. Um, you know that um, it's smaller than the other settlements. That was it. Okay. Huh? That was and that. all of it's about uh, roughly, a, hey, as far as I know, roughly a day's... One sec. Can, can we stop playing with the doggy, please? I'm not playing with the dog. Matt's playing with the dog. Uh, okay. Tell him he's a dick. <laughs> Apparently, Pentacan is very squeaky. I apologize. <laughs> it's squeaky can. Well, those lycanthropes have to uh, entertain themselves somehow. <laughs> happy rock! <laughs> thought it was a happy squirrel. No, it was a squirrel at first, and then it, it, it was, was a killed, happy rock, and then it well, became the happy rock in the tree. How, 
how do rocks make that noise Danny's making? It because has to be a squirrel. No, no, no. a squirrel then rolling fire, uh, flame bolts and then became a happy rock sitting in the nearby tree. <laughs> making the squeaky yeah. sound with its mouth. It was one of the few episodes when I was happy. Also, uh, also, it's it was strongly implied that the rock was a figment of, of Roland's uh, Roland's imagination, <laughs> sort of drawing focus to the fact that his psyche is becoming somewhat broken. Oh yes, yes, we think that deeply into our episodes. Honest, <laughs> carry on, Vegs. All right, and distance-wise, it's all roughly a day's. Uh, Days hike? You're not quite sure anymore. You're fairly certain you can get yeah. to Vitafala by um, nightfall. But the others... They're a bit more spread out, to be honest. Okay. Alright. So I change the plans. We're not going to the... Uh, watch for the closest... I goofed up on the map, and the closest one was is Vitefala. Uh, you goofed up on the map. Maps aren't my strong point, you know. So. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> squeaky, squeaky. That's not my strong point, you know. <laughs> I just, I just think he says holding there, you know, Matt's on my strong point, but it's like squeaky clown nose. <laughs> oh, this clown nose is hilarious. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Stop it. <laughs> I'm not doing it. <laughs> Matt, you're derailing my whole group every time you squeak that toy. Is it a squirrel? No, squirrels don't make that noise, you idiot. <laughs> don't you know anything? Before you meant to be a woodsman. Oh my god. Squirrels make this noise. It's well known facts and troppers. <laughs> okay. Let's get back on track before we get completely derailed. Quick, let's get back on track before the squeaky thing happens again. Yes. What squeaky thing? Shut up, Karen. <laughs> Next time you're unsure about the map, you might want to tell us. Yes, um... I guess it could be worse. I mean, we didn't even start the journey yet, so... Yeah. Roland's mind dwells back to what seems like an age ago of walking into the, the woodlands around Mentor. And a few hours later walking out about 20 paces where they walked in, having got lost. And besides, my track record with uh, maps isn't that great. <laughs> so yes, I ate that piece of humble pie. <laughs> <laughs> Things were a lot less serious back then, weren't they? <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit. And again, we had to contend with a certain moss. Hey, 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 character. don't all blame it on moss. Let's carry on. No, right. no, no. Okay, fine. Actually, we can blame yes, it on moss, but carry on. <laughs> <laughs> we can. It's just not entirely accurate. No. Anyway. Mm -hmm. And now we're just saying completely. All right. 
So. So yes, Vitiafala uh, is uh, the closest one by far, and then we could go stem to uh, whichever way we need to from there. Not quite sure what we're going to find over there, but it's a place to go and uh, rest and hopefully get some medical attention to uh, our companions, unconscious companions. Okay, a bit of information here on regards to medical attention, so you guys know exactly what you're dealing with. Okay, the first point of medical attention would be towards a barber. Now, a barber will be able to deal with the basic things. Maybe you've, if you've got a bit of a boo-boo, he can he can sew you back up. Uh, if you've got a bit of a cut, he can deal with that. Then you have the apothecary. The apothecary is going to know a bit more, not a great amount. Um, so if you if you can imagine the barber is like your mm, he's your first aider, okay? The apothecary is uh, he's your ambulance driver. He knows a bit more. Uh, he knows how to basically deal with the quick stuff, fix you back up, so you can get going type thing. It's probably a ba really really bad um, analogy, but yeah, basically the, the, the barber is your first aider. Your apothecary knows a bit more. He's, 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 he's maybe maybe a really really good first aider. Um, then you have the medicus, or the medici. The medicus is basically someone who's been trained by the Order of the White Rose. They're basically a group of knights that go. They basically specialise in medicines and healing folk. So he, the medicus has been trained by a member of the White Rose. So he knows a hell of a lot. So he's kind of, he's kind of like a doctor. He's the sort of guy you want to be taken to if you're in the real shit. And of course, at the top of the chain, you have the Knights of the White Rose, of which Carolyn is one. They're the ones that basically make all the medical breakthroughs. They're the ones basically they're, they're the they're the good guys. They're, they're like the top. If if we were doing real world analogy, they're the they're the world famous doctors. Ah, they're the, the okay. sort, sort of geniuses of the medical world, so to speak. They're the most well trained, yeah. They're actually kept up to date in like medical information stuff like that, rather than using stuff that might be years out of date or antiquated. Antiquated. That word. I'm not gonna try it. I'm too tired. <laughs> it's like midnight urine. Antiquated. 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 No, that was not right. Was it? Integrated. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Oh, no, it was. Carol. You just confused me with all the times you said it wrong. <laughs> Carol. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> right, so uh, let's uh, break camp and get the heck out of here. Got a long day ahead of us. Okay, are you heading off then, folks? Uh, there is one problem. And what's that? Well, two of our party are unconscious. We need to make some sort of gurney or something to carry them in. Yeah, I suppose so. Right. Unless, of course, your intention was to leave them here. Hmm. If I was going to leave them, I would have thrown them overboard. 
but <laughs> well, you could have tried. Okay. Yeah. Roland, mm-hmm. during your training uh, in um, Dominus, obviously you'd been expected to operate in hostile territories or beyond sort of enemy lines. Therein, you have been taught basically how to strap uh, injured parties to basically like a frame that they might be carried by one person. Imagine like a backwards real a wheelbarrow carried sort of moved behind you minus the wheel. Mm-hmm. So if you can imagine like an, a frame of an A, the mm-hmm. person's basically laying on it or strapped to it, so the head is close to your back, at the sort of the bottom of the A, and the top of the A, the point is on the ground dragging along. It leaves a lot of tracks, but basically allows you to continue to move quite quick, quite quickly across more or less flat terrain um, without too much issue. And obviously, if you come across like fallen log sank, then you can easily enough lift them over with two people. Mm-hmm. That would possibly be the only way to do it there, because obviously you only have two people to carry two. Sorry, three people, mm-hmm. three people to carry two people, you can't really do it in normal fashion. So you'd have to use the A-frame. Yep. All right. Roland will uh, start on re, um, remaking the boat. Okay, if you want, uh, Roland can show Jack to do it, how to do it, so that if it happens again, Jack can do it. Indeed. Okay, what I want from you, both of you guys is smarts. The smarts on behalf of Roland to basically have the proficiency to teach and the smarts on behalf of Jack to have the proficiency to learn. If both are passed, then Jack, you'll be able to make these A-frames in the future. Okay. <laughs> Any bonuses or no? And no bonuses. Okay. Character sheet. Roland right. Laurentia. <laughs> there we go. D6E, D6E. Okay. I got a four. Mm, that's good enough. D10, whoa. <laughs> Watch him get double one. Watch him get double one. Seven and a four. Okay. So, yeah. You, Roland basically t- talks you through. Actually, not Alex. You describe, sorry. All right. You need two pieces of sturdy wood and then one about half that length. It needs to be long enough so that the person can lie on it without their feet dragging too much in the dirt. Are you going to leave tracks? Well, of course, the problem is you can't make it too big either or it's going to be awkward to carry. But three I pieces see. of wood arranged like the letter A. You do know how to read, right? I would hope so, sir. Good. Okay, you're going to need something to spread across the... The, basically, the, the the A itself, something so they can actually hold on to maybe some canvas or something like that. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. How about we use the blankets? That'd be big enough. Or rope. I think everyone has rope. Mm-hmm. Plenty of rope. Cora, Cora, don't forget to get involved here a bit as well. We need something like. Um rope or uh, cloth to tie it together since we don't have tools like hammers or nails. Well, I do have rope. I have 50 feet of it. <laughs> How that helps. 
Okay, but the rope itself is going to be, you can be able to basically tie off the, the, set, the, basically the different parts of the A, but you need something to go in the middle, something to actually hold the person up, other than bums going to be dragging on the floor. Yeah, but that would be a smaller piece of wood. Uh, I see how you're doing it, yeah. Okay. See, because how I imagined it, okay, unfortunately, this one's good. Imagine, basically, just one bit of wood, so that's forming the triangle of the A. Separate bit of wood basically makes it a complete A, so you've got a line. And then obviously you hold it, that handle's here, and there, which is basically the yep. feet of the A. Yep. And then you need a strip of canvas to go basically in the, in the triangle that's left behind it. Yep. Yeah. Ah, uh, that's fair enough. I suppose we could use the blankets or something, if we have blankets. I yeah. assume you have blankets. Saying that we use them to sleep and all that stuff. You there, Cora? I'm here. Okay. Yeah, was... Just don't forget to get involved, get involved a bit and have a bit of work there as well. Go away, dog. It's a bad I puppy. Try... Trying not to interrupt them describing stuff. Everyone has a puppy. I have a puppy too. I just want to kick it. <laughs> Roland don't loves his puppy. puppy. No, that was me. Oh, not Roland. Alex loves his puppy. Just... Your puppy sounds fuck up. <laughs> I'm a puppy. Snarf. Snarf. Pay attention to me and my shock. Snarf, snarf. Actually, funny story. Funny story. When I um, when I go down to eat dinner, uh, the the puppy always nibbles on my toes. I'm like, fuck off, dog. Fuck off. <laughs> you love I it, mean, really. He's really little. He's only ten weeks. Oh, so. So it's, He'll learn. so it's really easy to drop kick him. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's a good thing. I will drop kick you. <laughs> no, no, she really nuts. probably would. You'll, you'll, you'll pretty, she, would, she would break us like twigs. You'll drop suck me. Anyway, Carol. I'm not even um, sure what drop sucking is. Anyway. So yeah, you need to get something spread across, and I think Cora's about to say something. Roland? Yeah. Um, do, do you want me to take her armor off and stuff. The oh. armor itself is actually going to be a hell of a lot harder to carry than it would be for to basically drag her along using the A-frame. You might want to reinforce um, Carolyn's A, but yeah, taking her armor off, you guys are going to have to basically carry it in your arms and it'd be spread across multiple people. Uh, wouldn't Cora be able to carry it? Not a full set of plate, no. How much does it weigh? It's not so much about the weight, it's basically the fact of carrying it. It's awkward then. Yeah. What if I lend her my astral frame? No. Okay. Sorry, seriously, buddy. You, you, if you imagine trying trying to ca carry a pair of... Have you ever tried carrying a mannequin? Yes. Yeah. It's not quite like that, because obviously it's segmented. So if you try and get a bit of an idea of like how that was, how that would be... Because you've got so the it's, legs. it's very awkward. It's basically a pain in the ass to carry because you can't have it all in your arms because obviously your arms could be dead very, very quickly. You can't stick it in your backpack because your backpack would rip a hole in it. Or rather, it would rip a hole in your backpack. Indeed. So you basically, what you'd be better off is figuring a way of reinforcing um, Carolyn's A-frame and dragging her that way. With her armor on. Couldn't we go and put, like, another... Uh couple things of wood on the A-frame to uh, basically make the uh, 
Where's the drawing tool on this thing? Can I draw on it? Mm-hmm. Look at that. Can you find the drawing tool? If you look in the left-hand side of the screen, you'll see like some of the blue thing that's kind of squared. You see like a brown okay, paintbrush, there. and then you see there. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's it. Um, so basically, here's the uh, normal A-frame. Mm-hmm. I was just going to be putting some more uh, frames Reinforce like that. Would that that probably work? If that's what you want to go ahead. So basically, yeah. rather than just having the, the single, basically horizontal line for the A. You're having multiple. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, that would, that would work. All right, let's get started. All right. Okay, doesn't take you long to get it done. Or would you guys rather role play for it? No, no, let's nah. okay. move on. Let's go through it. Time passes. Actually, um, didn't didn't Cora ask something? I, I had asked if you wanted. Yeah, um, but then we discussed it like out of character, and and right, Roland, right. Roland will shake his head <clears throat> to to her question. There we go. Okay, so you have your A-frames, and your your comrades are strapped to them. Like bondage. Sex. So who wants to drag them? You and me, one each. Alrighty. Um, can, can I help at all? You can help us if we get stuck trying to pass over a log or uneven terrain, but mm -hmm. otherwise, I think it best keep if a you lookout. keep a lookout. Yeah, I was about to say. Okay. Okay, so you're heading into the forest. Yes. Okay. She, she's going to keep her sling out. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now... The only the biggest problem with these A-frames is they do leave a lot of basically it's, it's your your passage is obvious to even to a blind man. But as explained earlier, allows one person to carry another without too much ease, even if they are armored and armed, just like a willpower. Okay, so your passage into the forest. It's like passing into an emerald world. You go from the beach with a cold wind into a, um, like, almost instantly, the light's dimmed. There are shadows at the base of the trees. Squirrels and creatures most unknown to you skitter and scatter through the underbrush, vanishing at the sound of your passage. Can I have a notice check from Jack, please? Yes, you may include your huntsman bonus to this. Okay. So that means it's just a D4 then. Mm-hmm. And... No notice? No, I you don't. You suck. I'm the one who was looking for yeah. stuff. Sorry, you, yeah. you, you don't have... Just the one that does the look at. Basically, I'm giving Jack the chance to get it first, because he basically his background suggests that he would notice this first. If he fails, then I'll move on to you. Right. Uh, Danny? Mm hmm I just... I have to say, I noticed this session and the last one that Roland really isn't a nature guy. Mm. <laughs> he's a he's an inner city guy. Mm. Like yeah. yeah, walking into a forest and walking out twenty paces down the road that, that does hint perhaps that he's not so great in the woods. <laughs> well, it's not like he was the only one. <laughs> no, he wasn't. Caroff and Moss failed equally spectacularly. 
Okay, what well, you got then, Question. Mr. Mike? Go. Um, I haven't entered yet. Uh, for the D6, do I add the uh, that bonus to it or not? No, we we basically ruled that for this session. Bonuses are not added. Penalties are. We'll refine that exactly what it's meant to be for next session. Okay, so that or Alex is my rules guy. D6 E minus two. Okay. Okay, okay. Pokey, pokey. Ill, 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 ill. It's kind of a big thing. I'm gonna let you have that. You rolled a one and a three. And a three. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you have that because you've not failed by an awful lot, and this is kind of something that you would notice. Basically, the birds are still singing. That's what you notice. Okay. It's a wonderful day in Pendragoon. Pendragoon's the other side of the continent. You <laughs> we're, off, we're off to see the wizard of the wonderful, the wonderful wizard. wizard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the birds are whistling in the trees, strange and wonderful creatures skittering in the underbrush. And all around, it's just an, like an emerald haze has been cast in the world. One of the things that will mark Roland, I'm going to say Roland specifically because obviously he's been he's been around places. He's he's in the forests of Dominus. He's in he's in the woodland of Mainnet. He's he's been to beyond the Vale of Dreams. He's seen it all. But the thing that will really impress upon Roland, and obviously you folks, but as I say more specifically Roland, is how ancient this woodland is. Everything is covered in a thick moss. Big, thick tree uh, tree roots knot in amongst each other, creating little burrows of small furry animals. And it's just the entire place impressions upon you. Age. But as I say, the birds still continue to happily whisper in trees and the creatures move about this way and that, not even paying any attention to you. Well, I don't think I've seen trees this big before, he says, as they pass the tree after tree. Yeah, is it Roland comments this as they pass a tree that even if there were three Rolands with their arms linked, they couldn't go around it. <laughs> Clone spell. <laughs> <laughs> So it's, it's literally, if there were three Rollins, but right there. <laughs> oh, yes, anyway. <clears throat> yeah, Roland glances... Uh... Wait, is Cora in front or behind? No, I say if Cora's game... Figured... Sorry. I I figured I'd be in front. Yeah, right. so, so I say, yeah. but yeah, it was I... not my place to say, so I apologize. Yes, indeed. So, Roland will call ahead. Cora, you see anything? Cora has been looking around the whole time. And no, it happened. No, fine. In fact, Cora, as Bruno says, Cora's nose picks up the the sweet scent of honey coming from one, coming from a a group of small, small, hardy-looking yellow flowers just dotted about the path. Wait. Honey? honey comes from flowers. Flowers. <laughs> yes, the sweet smell of honey coming from a, a group of hardy-looking yellow flowers. 
Just because they smell of honey does not mean they make honey. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just thought I'd add that out there. Because obviously you guys haven't been outside in a long time. <laughs> Danny's um, nose is confused. <laughs> did, did, there are flowers? <laughs> it smells of honey, honey. No, she doesn't say that. She just tells Roland there are flowers. Uh, well, I'm not surprised. This is a forest. Usually there are flowers. He, he tries to not sound like a snide bastard. <laughs> Fails spectacularly. Um, mo- mostly, I-, I just meant no. He pats her on the head. She looks at the ground. Okay. And then skips pull... ahead and sorry. Goes back to looking at all of the things. Okay. I'm gonna pause the recording there so I can restart it. Then we need a peek. No, I'm expecting about that anytime. Three, two, one, and we're back in the game. So we left it off with you just smelling flowers. Such a lovely day. Sun's shining, not really. The snow's falling, not yet. And uh, the world hasn't exploded yet. So we'll continue. Okay. So, can you give me an idea of what's going on here at the moment? I've got a couple of questions I want to answer. Now, Cora, are you staying with the group and basically being the eyes and ears, or are you advancing a bit and scouting ahead? I'm staying with them. Okay, that's what I thought. I just want to check, so obviously it affects how I'm going to have to role play next scene. I don't want to die. No, no, it's quite fine. Can you give me a spot check, please? Notice? That's what I mean. Sorry, yes. What's this? Ro- Bree rolling a four? What kind of strange, unusual alternate universe have I stumbled into? Bree doesn't roll fours on spot checks. She rolls sixteens. <laughs> you do have. Well, six. see, I rolled two fours and four times four is sixteen. Yeah. So I still rolled a sixteen. Yeah, I can see that. that's cool. But yeah, okay. You notice ahead the, the tree line's beginning to thin, and you think that perhaps you might be coming up to a clearing. The path that you're on leads directly towards it. Um, she'll, um, kind of drop, like, she was a little bit ahead, but not, mm-hmm. like, a mm, ahead, course, like, course. steps. Mm-hmm. She'll, um, drop back to them and, um, point and say, I think there's a clearing there. Um, <clears throat> Roland will nod and uh, prop uh, the frame against a tree. Jacques does the same and draws his sword just in case. Mm-hmm. All right, show me where. Um, show. What? Sorry, I was saying yummy tea. Okay. Your mum is yummy tea. No, no, I made it. She'll, like, walk quietly, mm-hmm. but not, like, <clears throat> super stealthy. Just quiet. Okay. I'll take Up to where is she? Thinks like, a, like like ten feet 
to where the clearing is. Okay. As you advance cautiously, it becomes apparent that this is indeed a clearing ahead. The round of clearing. You see, he says, trying to find his notes, which, funnily enough, are highlighted. So, of course, he's never going to find them. Um, you, hmm? And then when Roland is... Um, like knows where it is. She's gonna go back behind them and oh, watch the girls propped up, okay. so that like if people were sneaking up behind, they don't get. Did you just uh, slap your forehead, Danny? No, no, I accidentally just popped some bubble wrap. You just popped a what? Bubble wrap. Oh. Accidentally. Uh-huh. It was kind of an accident. I mean, didn't mean it to be that loud. <laughs> <laughs> That goes up to uh, where Rowan is. Mm-hmm. A bit more stealthily than uh, Bree was doing. Okay. So. Now, as you advance towards clearing, I assume you're advancing, yes? Mm-hmm. Swords drawn, battle cries upon your lips. Have a good stuff. Uh, not a battle cry upon my lips. Uh, Salt Snake. Oh my god! Solid snake! <laughs> you, you should know by now, Mike, you don't mention that name in this group. <laughs> okay, oh Raiden. Okay, as you, advance, as you advance, it becomes obvious this is indeed a clearing you're heading towards. And around the clearing are a number of rough standing stones. And on these stones, deep carved into the rock are runes. Just one large rune per stone. It's maybe so eight stones in all. And near the base of the stone, so about stomach level, you can see that a groove has been carved into stone like like and and formed formed into a mouth. A human mouth with lips and everything, but just like it there's like a cubby hole behind. It's on each each of these on these eight standing stones. And in the middle there is a, a a large stone slab. It's not sort of cut rectangular, but it's about it's about human size. It's very rough around the edges. It's got a base and you've got a nice flat table. I suppose yeah, stone table will be a close thing, but there's obviously no legs or anything like that. You can know you can see a couple of items are on this table, but you can't see what they are from where you're standing. You need to go parch a bit closer. Okay. <clears throat> I look to Roland and whisper, uh, stay here, I'm going to go scout it out. I'm going to go ahead, look at my ass. Yo, go sneak that shit! <laughs> mm-hmm. I am going to be using stealth. Okay, give me a stealth. So, Alright, with Woodsman, because we are outside, correct? Hmm. And not I in any urban... A, uh... a willpower check from Cora, please. Go ahead, give me your, give me your stealth. I'm not okay. with them. I know you're not. Okay. Um, now it's to resist being scared. Well, I have um, brave. Holy crap! Holy crap! A doodle do. Oh my god! Read them out so all may hear. Holy. Twelve and a seventeen. Seventeens on the wild die. 
So you rolled a 12 and a 17. Well, fuck. You jammy bastard. Okay, okay let me just put it this way. impressive than me. The birds don't even hear your approach. The grass you just crushed to death didn't even hear your approach. <laughs> Wait, Bree so that means... didn't even hear your approach. That means he rolled a six, a six, and a five? It does. Holy yep. God. Okay, Bree, where's that willpower check, please? See, see, I was me trying out. to ask a question oh, when he please. rolled his roll of It's doom. nothing to do with courage. Okay. So, where is willpower? It's when your base attributes like spirit. Spirit, spirit, spirit. Yes, yeah, sorry, spirit. Spirit? Okay. See, watch, watch Bree and Mike competing each other to the best dice rolls. Meanwhile, uh, let's get the ones. Actually, it's actually really good seeing that I epic failed the last time around. I rolled. Sad but true. That's probably how it's going. If I could actually ask something, guys. In, on the chat bar, in the bottom right hand corner, do you see that little yellow smiley face? To the left yes. of him, you can you got like a blue, uh, I think it's like a black box for you guys. If you just left click there, it brings up the text color. If everybody can like have their own individual color text, for example, I've got this nice navy blue and Mike's got that sort of ruddy red. Yeah. Just if everybody can have like a nice individual color. It's obviously something nice and dark so we can actually see it, but something like an quick and easy. Nice and dark. Uh. See, it's so like maybe Brie goes for a nice sort of violet or something. I'm going with a lighter shade of red instead of that ruddy red. No, that ruddy red's fine. Alright, whatever. If you want a bright one, go for it. But yeah, it's, 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 remember it's going to be seen in a white background. Yeah, yeah that's fine, Brie. Right. Beauty. Beauty. Um, Bree, you've passed. Yeah. As as you see Roland and Jack approaching the clearing, you kind of look in. Obviously, you see, you see this this the table with the items up, and your skin crawls. It's not like a sudden horrible feeling, but you know if someone if if someone so brings like a like an ice lolly close to your face and that you know you get that sort of that sort of shiver. You get that. It's you, you find the whole situation very uncomfortable. Billy Alex. That was a joke. I don't really care. The bit you know how to spell color. <laughs> it's the real way of spelling color. No, no, this is the way of saying color. In America. Okay. In America. Wait, Alex, we can't have the same color. Oh man. <laughs> that that actually isn't the same color. It isn't my school. Okay, yeah. fine. I'll I'll have a different color. <laughs> um Go with Cora... pink, Danny. <laughs> yeah, Danny, how is your princess costume? Uh it didn't happen because I didn't uh, the fight got cancelled. Well it got moved forward today so I can go. There, I'll go I'm for very purple. sad. Um, so Cora is going to go huddle near the other two, even though they're unconscious. They're sort of comforting, right? 
Anyways. <laughs> so, you two have moved into the clearing quite stealthily. Dun, Wait, dun, I did too. Dun. Oh, sorry, I thought you were both, you're both moving in. Oh, don't I need to roll as well? Well, only if you're moving yeah. in stealthily. Oh. Danny, quit yeah. picking the same colors as everyone else. I don't need to pick pink, you bastard. I, I put, I've got light blue. You changed it to green. It's not on my screen, this is like cyan. Oh, fine. You pretty princess. Who's a pretty princess? I'll be the stereotypical girl. Alright? Girl. <laughs> it's, it's fine, I'll go for, I'll go for pink. <laughs> I'll do pink. Wait a second. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I will end you. Oh, Stop changing your goddamn color. <laughs> she will end you. And the dick. Okay, guys. Anyways. So, is it, Alex, have you made that um, check, please? Uh, for being stealthy? No, I have not. Um, let's see what my stealth ability is like. Because I don't remember. I thought I was going in alone. Because I said I was going to scout it out. Oh, that's true. So, Roland stays behind. <laughs> okay. Okay. Jack. To be honest, though, Jacks are so sneaky, even the Pink Panther theme can't hear him coming. <laughs> <laughs> so no pink panther theme I'm afraid it, the, pink, it, the, the, the orchestra hasn't realised you've, you've entered the scene yet so, so how does it compare with Batman Batman Batman, Batman, no, would, be you... ta- Batman would be taken by surprise by Jack's role have you seen <laughs> the Penny Arcade comic no I have to find that later oh, yeah they're not, not in mid episode I said, I said later I know you needed anyway okay Jack so yeah, you have these eight standing stones circling the uh, the, the, the clearing. I'm going to send you this stone table. And on this stone table, there's a couple of items. You, you find like, a very large wolf skull. And on it, I've been painted a rune in black paint. So just on the middle of its forehead, it's a rune. It's, it's, it's wolf skull. The wolf skull is maybe about the size of your torso. So it's a fucking big wolf skull. Um, you find a couple of bones here and there, some human, some animal, a couple of smaller ones that obviously come from a child, it's spread about this table. And there is a shattered sword. Um, you find a, a war horn that's been basically smashed upon the altar. And uh, they can, you can see basically a patch of darkness around it where, where you suspect it might have been wine, maybe blood, but you think it's more likely to be wine. This is around the war horn. Um, so this might be a grave? Possibly a grave, but can you give me a knowledge check, please? Pentacan? Mm, please. Do I get that uh, plus two for specialized or no? Yes, yes. Okay. I'll ask if I get a really huge roll on this. Holy <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. 
Oh, what the hell, man! And eleven. <laughs> Save some of the big, some of the big rolls for when we need them. See, I don't I feel quite. I don't feel I quite as bad. Because like karma evens me out because I critically failed five times in the last two AD and D games, so I don't feel bad rolling well in this game. <laughs> I never roll well. <laughs> it's true, he doesn't. Right, so he's... Okay, I'm going to have to get this information. Out of curiosity, Danny, how many raises is that? I'm not even bloody working it out. Uh, the 18, what did you roll? Two. So 16, 18. so that's going to be... Uh, well, 6, 12, 14. So that's three sixes and a 2. Plus 2. I, I had meant which die type. Oh, he's rolling a D6. Um, yeah, D6s. So yeah, you you've rolled, rolled three sixes and a two. I know we should get you plus two on top of that, or something like that. I don't know. Either way. Yeah, plus two. Right. Okay, I'm going to give you all the information I have. <laughs> okay, looking upon the rune on the wolf's head. <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> looking on the rune on the wolf's head. Okay, you can see that it's been dedicated. This this is in fact not a tomb but a shrine. It's a shrine to Valdir, the Black Wolf, the lesser goddess of a warrior's courage. Now, you fought against the Pentacani long enough to know that a warhorn smashed upon an altar to this particular goddess? Yeah, that means only one thing. Okay? It's only ever done to bless warriors before battle. It doesn't have to be like like five seconds before the battle. It doesn't even need to be like on the same day of the battle. The battle could be months ahead, but if, if the Pentecani want a conflict to be best blessed by the wolf gods, they will smash a horn of wine upon the altar and basically... Yeah. Sneeze. But basically, basically they, they will be infused with the fury of the wolf and then will be have with great courage in the coming battle. Now I'll give you a bit of information about the wolf gods. Okay. Freki is the most popular of all the old gods. She appears as a radiant wolf and is always attended by her two handmaidens, Olfir and Valdir. Freki is the goddess of the tribe. She teaches that a warrior is no stronger than the brothers who stand with him and preaches teamwork. Olfir is a white-furred wolf who tends to Freki's great gardens. She is invoked by farmers for a good harvest, while Valdir is the black-furred wolf who stands in the shield wall with Freki's warriors keeping their courage. Do you have any questions? Um, aside from asking you to put that in the uh, uh, chat later on, mm -hmm. that's... All the information I've just given you, apart from the first bit is actually available on the on the, um, the player sheet I gave you. Okay. Alrighty. Uh, but yeah, I'll give the information from the actual encounter. Okay. But yeah. Oh, and yeah, there's this, apparently there's a goat that's been sacrificed, but I forgot to describe that so that didn't happen. So a goat's lying there with its puddings yeah. out. Yeah, we'll, we'll say a goat's lying there with its puddings out. You, you're distracted by the shiny things first. With its puddings, man. Yeah, it's basically, puddings. basically, this 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 goat that's lying on part of the table. 
you notice that basically it's something like a, maybe an axe has been taken to its skull. It's, so its skull has actually been split out to... Uh, uh, basically, there's no brains inside. So it's been cleaned out, but its its stomach has been cut open. It's got spread about part of the table. Yep. It looks like some part of it's actually been... It's missing a leg, and you see the leg that's basically scattered elsewhere on the table, and it looks like it's actually been gnawed upon. Again, yum. Oh, fuck. Yeah, remove that mess. Oh, fuck. Um, I shouldn't. That's why I didn't say anything. I shouldn't have uh, copy pasted that part. <laughs> For fairness to the audience, I will read it out. My little faux pas. <laughs> I basically all the got the basic encounter details, so the description of what's actually on there. But then we've got forward slash forward slash. This is foreshadowing two things: the wolf cult and the issue in Vita Falla as occurring in the following episode. Hand to, to be, face motion. To be fair, that didn't really spoil a hell of a lot. No. I mean, the players are still going to go, wait, what does that mean? So it's it's an acceptable faux pas. Yeah, my bad. And look, it's in pretty pink as well. <laughs> Indeed. Now you are a pretty princess. Carry on. This is ignore my shame. All right. Um... <clears throat> Do I have an, any idea of how long ago this was? Uh, you unfortunately. Can I figure it? You give. Give me a survival check, but no bonuses. Because I'm going to give you a going to give you a penalty which counteracts your bonus. So basically, just give me a standard survival check, which of course Pimpony will pass. Okay. Pimpony, yeah, with his rolls. <laughs> his yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, you know he's going to be suckles, sucksaws in combat. He's going to like roll natural ones all the time in combat. Six and Down ten. It. I got a ten. Yeah, shut up. On my wild day. Shut up. Sh six sh shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, this has happened recently. Not like yesterday, but it's it's happened within the, in the last week. Huh? <laughs> And, yeah, it, basically, this is a shrine to the wolf goddess, so it does pretty much mm -hmm. broadcast there is a wolf cult in the surrounding area. Right. Um, also, now, to give you a bit of information broken... on the wolf cults, okay, because as a, uh, a person who's lived in or around Glacendia, will know a couple of things. Basically, um, the wolf cults have been outlawed because they've been a bit naughty. The wolf and the rat cult have been they're basically banned from Glacendia, which has caused a lot of problems with the natives, as I'm sure you can imagine. Um, Governess Brienne has banned the wolf and rat cults from Glacendia. She blames the rat cult for helping orchestrate the death of... Um, basically, Glacendia used to be ruled by two. A representative of House Fairweather, a representative of House uh, Maynet. The representative of House Fairweather has died recently. Um, she, she was ambushed upon the road, and her basically column was gutted, nuked off the place of the planet. Now, Governess Brienne blames, the, obviously, the Frandullians, duh, and also blames the Rat Cult. She says, oh, they must have been spying to find out this, this, whether the secret, secret convoy is going along and stuff. So she basically kicks, but the Rat, rat Cult's banned, because obviously all spies and assassins, but also the Wolf Cult's banned, because the... Um, Mike, uh, sorry, I'm not Mike. Uh, Jack, 
I don't suppose you know. Yeah, well, was Mike? Sorry, I don't suppose you you have your notes somewhere. What I called the um, Fairweather Governess, do I? Do you? Um, let me take a look. Thanks, because I can't quite remember at the moment. I've lost my notes. Um. <clears throat> See, mine doesn't actually have a name for her. She was just a Fairweather Governess. We'll call her Bree. Pick a name. Do I need to pick like a specific? No, no just, just give, 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 give our Fairweather fair Governess a name. Fairweather is French, right? Yep. Yep. Um, Marguerite. Uh, a bit. We need a bit more. She's like she's a warrior, so we need a bit something a bit more. Michel Montemir on your sacrebleu. I don't know. Jesus Christ. Uh, Just go on to the I'll internet. Pick a name. Find something that's French. Okay, we'll call her Sally. I'll pick a name. Go on. Sally. Where'd you get, Mike? Um, one sec, I'm going on behind the name. Oh, okay. Awesome. And I'm clicking French, so I'll find out something. Agnes? In, uh... Agnes. No, too old lady. <laughs> Governess Agnes. Adele. Ade- Adele, I like Adela. Adelaide. How about Adelaide? Ade- Ade- Adela, I like Adela. Adelaide is where Tash lives. Yeah, yeah it, it, that's also why. It's Adela. So, Governess Adela was the favorite from <laughs> Governess. Basically, I'm going to give you guys a bit of information. Um, actually, read it straight off the uh, dropkick of here. Right. In more in more recent times, the Fairweather Governess. Oh, we, well, we have, she has a name, but Adela is better, so I'm going to use Adela. In more recent times, the Fairweather Governess, General Adela of House Fairweather, was ambushed on the road and killed, leaving the Mainetti Governess, Lady Brilliani of House Mainette, in sole leadership. Where the Fairweather Governess was well liked by the settlers and natives alike, Lady Brilliani has made a lot of enemies. Her disdain with the Penticani faith is well known, and she has made several poor tactical decisions, such as refusing many natives act- access to Glacendia, banning the cult of both the fox, uh, sorry, the wolf, and the rat, and suspecting many others, many senior members of the natives, of involvement with the Frandelli. Okay, so this is all information you know, Jack. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the basically the key points of basically banning the wolf cult because there was a lot of rumor that um general adela was actually being embraced and signed to embrace some of the more native gods and there's there's a rumor whole rumor going around that perhaps she had actually been taken in by one of the wolf cults and swore oaths to frecky and her handmaidens okay Shock, does that see a problem in this? <laughs> this is so, perhaps, perhaps this is one of the reasons why she was so well liked by the natives. She was happily willing to accept their traditions. She didn't rather to, than enforcing something else. On exactly that, which is what, right. which is what um, Lady Brilliani is doing. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, you have a shrine to the wolf god um, Valdir. Mm-hmm. Um, what does a broken sword stand for? A broken sword stands for injustice. 
It stands for someone whose honour has been shattered. Their sword is broken, as is their honour. They, they, they wish... They're either wishing to not apologise, but they're basically wanting redemption for something. Okay. And... Obviously, the Wolf Skull is, uh, is a deific icon to mm-hmm. uh, the goddess. Um, let's see, there was another thing that... Uh, the, the human and children bones? Yeah. The, basically, the children bones, it's, it's a common Pentacani tradition, one that has been going on for hundreds of generations, deformed or weak children will be sacrificed to the gods. So, wait, what was that? Deformed or weak children will either be basically left elements or sacrificed to the gods. We really need to okay. um, focus along that wall where you have the door open. Um, Bree, who are you talking? Uh, she's talking to others. I okay, think. can you mute yourself, Bree? Sorry, I thought I had hit mute. No, 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 it's, it's quite fine. Oh, now she did. Okay, so yeah, basically, um, weak or deformed children will be sacrificed to the gods if they're horrendously deformed or so weak to to as insult the gods, they are simply left out and basically taken by the cold. But if if they maybe they come from a strong breeding line or feel a strong strong pentacani stock, they'll be sacrificed to the gods. Um, with the adult bones, it's a little bit more suspect. Everybody knows the pentacani sacrifice <coughs> humans to the gods. Everybody knows this. But since the mainity came along, certainly along the Red, the Redwood Coast, which is this strip of land, um, of which the Dragon's Teeth are just a part of, it's, it's basically, it's become a bit more sort of suppressed. It's, it's not as publicly acceptable these days. It's not in fashion type thing. Everybody knows it still goes on, but it tends, tends to not be as broadcast as much. Um, please go ahead. If everybody knows that that's going on, does everybody know if they're like only sacrificing like outsiders or do they it, sacrifice their own people or it would be both it, it would be absolute it would be both um depends on the ritual it depends on the ritual it depends what's happened for example if oh, i don't know maybe the two pentacani tribes are going and fighting off each other and one of the pentacani basically just just in a fit of panic flees the battlefield he has utterly disgraced not only himself but his tribe and the and his battle brothers that stood beside him. So it's likelihood that when he's found, he'll be sacrificed to the gods to basically rid the stain of his cowardice and weakness from the tribe. Um, and then, to be honest, the Pendicani don't need an excuse to start sacrificing outsiders. So, yeah. With that one, you get on their own side, oh, they'll sacrifice you, it's fine. Mm-hmm. As I say, it's a little bit more sort of behind the scenes these days, but everybody knows it goes on. Would, and they would do between the tribes too? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I mean, if you get, a, if you, I don't know, say, say one of like the, the war chief of an opposing tribe's captured, he won't be like just executed, he'd be sacrificed to the gods. Especially if, especially if, I don't know, say, say, say the battle was won simply because the shield wall stood so strong and just would not break, then it would be sacrificed to Valadir. Um, otherwise, maybe it might be sacrificed to Ulfir for basically a good harvest, some of that. But yeah, if you found someone strong, you'd sacrifice him. If you found someone weak, you'd sacrifice them to rid the taint and stuff like that. 
depending on you like so, sacrificing people. Yeah, so basically any excuse to sacrifice someone. It, it's it's good fortune if you're sac- you're sacrificing mm-hmm. another human being. It's a, it's a good thing. The gods, gods bless those who sacrifice who can sacrifice a life as strong as a pentacani. Let's see. Okay. Okay, so what are you doing? Are you calling back to your party, or are you doing anything else? Um, alright. I think, I remember that there were runes, is that just marking it as a shrine? There are runes around, um, you're not, there tend to be, the Pentecany runes tend to be quite secret, known only to basically the runesmiths, those who read the runes, and the the weird, those that read the weird, the, the sort of, the, the fates. So you know, you, you know they're Pentecany runes, you don't know what they are. Probably religious. Runes, they're called the weird? The weird is what the Pentecani know as their, their, their fate. Okay, so the weird equals their fate. Yeah, um, but it's, it's more than that. The weird is also magic and everything else. So it basically... If you can't explain it... It's, it's probably the universe the, and everything. Pretty much, yeah. It's number 42. Um... How in Savage Worlds, the languages, if you have them, can you also write in them? Um, theoretically, yeah, but I would like sort of some RP reasons. So basically, just, just, just if you feel that your character should be able to read Pentecani, sorry, your pe- your character can read Pentecani. If you feel that your character shouldn't, and you've not taken the um, illiteracy, well, it basically, it comes out entirely up to you. If you got, if you taken the illiteracy hindrance then no you can't if you haven't then just rule seven just rule seven don't take don't take don't take the piss basically just do whatever you think suitable for your character tumbleweed already um I take out my journal and copy the runes down for uh, study. Okay. Possibly later. Um, uh, can I, before you do it, can I have a knowledge pentacani? Sure. Let's see. Is this what the plus two are now? If I say it's knowledge pentacani and you have pentacani, then yes, plus two. Okay. Didn't know if I had any minuses or anything. No, no, no. I would, I would, if, if I don't tell you you've got any minuses, you don't have any minuses. Okay. See how well I roll this time. Hope you're a bloody one. Hacks. I'm just going to start. Eleven. Don't <laughs> piss a bit. You rolled a one on the other, on the wild die though, so it makes me slightly happy. Okay. You know it's actually considered bad juju to copy runes down, unless you're a runesmith, mm-hmm. unless you know the weird. It can bring a lot of bad juju upon you and your friends. No, not juju. Okay, I won't. I'll memorize them. Okay, the memorizing is fine. Copying them down without the proper ritual and ceremony, it can, it can get a bit iffy. Okay. You have to understand, Pentecani, these runes are sacred. They are powerful. Mm-hmm. Whereas, I don't really believe in any religion, but that's... It's, it's entirely up to you. It's your character. I'm just giving you this information. All right. It's best that if I do get captured and they look through my journals, they don't see those. So. 
Okay. So you're That's standing in the middle of the circle. Are you calling over to your comrades? Are you bringing them in? What are you doing, please? Um, do I see anything that looks anything tad dangerous? As I said, you've got standing stones with runes on them, and underneath the runes, there's a, there's a, excuse me, there's a mouth carved, and you have a table with the items atop that I've described. Okay. Um, what does the mouth sig signify? Devouring soul? You couldn't say. Like I said, the mouth's been literally carved into it, so it's actually like a cubby hole. Okay. And so you All right. Um, chin and there might be something there. So I'm going to go send a signal up to uh, Roland that it's okay to come down. Okay. Or I'm just going to walk back up and drag. <laughs> I don't think you need to drag him. He'll understand the <laughs> no, signal. I mean, no, I mean oh. Emma. Dragging Emma because I don't think Cora could uh, lift that. Right. No, I hear you. Right. <laughs> Roden picks up the, the Carolyn wheelbarrow. Mm -hmm. With a grunt. With a manly grunt. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's not important. So, are you guys investigating the circle or are you moving on? You'll notice that the actual secret path, air bracket secret path, is no longer visible. It's, it literally sort of ends at this clearing. Um, is there an easy way around the clearing? Like, I don't know how like tight the stones you, are. You're you'd have to make a fresh path, so you might want someone ahead sort of cutting a way through, but you, you can do it easy enough. It's it's not like you're not forced to go through here. Uh, Cora's just gonna speed walk through it. Mm-hmm, okay. Without really looking around. You feel very watched as you move through. You the hairs in the back of your neck the stand up and you can like feel almost static. Yep, speed walking. For Roland, as he enters the clearing, it's more like background. Something in the background is there. So it doesn't doesn't notice it as sharply. No, no. You you you're used you're used to stuff like that. It's it's not so much a problem. There's always something in the background for Roland. Ah, so basically, uh, it's like white noise. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, and uh, Pimponi hears nothing, sees nothing, feels nothing. So the back of my hand is happily dragging. <laughs> happily dragging Emma around. Mm -hmm. Around or through? Um, through it. It's easier. Okay, so you're now in the clearing. There's no obvious way out. Except, obviously, you're going to have basically, what I'm saying is you're going to have to make your own path from here on out. Um, the the, the, the air bracket secret path that you found, that ended at the clearing. That's ended here. It's led from the beach to here, and that's it. Alright. Um, uh, yes, Cora? I... Cora will take her hand axe out. Mm -hmm. And kind of use it like a machete, like yeah. heading through the jungle. Uh, you really jungle? <laughs> Pentagon? Like a machete, like okay. cutting right, through Pentagon. a jungle. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like... I'm sorry. I'll ah. bring it to ya. Nice. 
Welcome to the jungle. We got fun and games. We got blows of D6s and other words. In the jungle. Welcome to the jungle. Anyway. <coughs> so, yeah. You basically cut your way through. Pimpony, do you want to add anything to that? Um. I'd take a look in the. Around the. And never mind, I'm just gonna keep dragging. Okay. Now you. As... The going. Sorry, please, continue. I'm gonna keep dragging as uh, Cora cuts down the. Makes a path for us. Okay. The going is a lot slower now. Now you're no longer on a beaten path. You, you're forced into a single file. And as I say, it's a lot slower. You are really slow down. Here and there, you're forced to backtrack on yourself to find a route that actually, you can actually get through easily. And you are getting, despite the cold, you are beginning to start getting really, really hot underneath these furs. Your sweat is trickling down your head. Uh, but still, the wind's, well, not so much the wind, but the ambient temperature is quite chill. This mixture of temperatures is starting to give you all a bit of a headache and you're starting to get a bit ratty. Okay, so I'm just basically going to give you guys a chance if you want to get any roleplay here done. Knock yourselves out. If not, I'll... <laughs> Sorry, I'm a, I'm a little tired. That's quite fine. That's how my brain feels right now. <laughs> Do you want me to stop here? Or we can... um, is that okay with the others? I don't know, guys. Um, I don't want to make Alex sad. I don't want to make Alex sad either, but I kind of like to get to the village. <laughs> well, we, we can be the only gay in the village. We can get to the village next session. It's quite fine. We can end it here. Okay.